It's a great day today because God's, oh, God's here. I want to share with you the Word of God. It's a great time to look at the question, have you received Him? Have you received Him? Uh, John was looking at uh, Acts chapter 13 and starting with verse 3, or verse 13 that is, and going through verse 23. Three, well, first twenty-two. I'm getting it right yet. But anyway, uh, just to summarize, just to get an introduction to where I'm going, I'm going to look at verse twenty-three. I can't get any further than that verse. And here, Paul the apostle, he is now in a synagogue. Now, you know that would be weird, being as he would always go in and try to kill people. But no, he's in a synagogue. And they've uh, they've read the um, the law, and they, he got up to speak, and said, "Those who fear God, listen." So he's beginning to speak. Now, when you begin to speak, he began to speak a word of encouragement. At least that's what it says that he's going to uh, exhort them, which means encouragement. So we're looking at the fact that he's witnessing to people. Now, how do you how do you witness to somebody? Well, you don't go up to him and say, "You need Jesus right now, or else you're going to die and go to hell." Well, no, you don't exactly go do that. You start out where they are. Uh, that's what you have to do. So he was reminding them of their history of the nation of Israel, and particularly he's you know, speaking to the Jews because they know what goes on. They know what's happened in their past. They've been taught it over and over again. And so he's reminding them of their history, how uh, God tried to help them come to him. And that, that's a major thing. God, it, it even says that uh, he... For about uh, 40 years, he put up with them. <laughs> and that's about the size of it. You know, I, I wouldn't put up with people for 40 years that they're not going to listen to me and follow do what I'm saying. Uh, my problem is with my the gift that God's given me of exhortation, if you don't listen to me after three times, I say goodbye. But I've had to learn to overcome that in my life and to be able to keep on keeping on and to help people to find Jesus. So he reminded them that they had a king. That's what they wanted. Uh, so out of that king now comes verse 23. Let's read that. For this man's seed, talking about David, for this man's seed according to the promise. We're going to get into that. God raised up for Israel. That's key there also. God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. Now, he tells us that about the one that they need to receive. He's got them to the point now that he can say, Now, out of David, out of the seed of David, is coming the one that you need. You, in your history, you messed it up. You did not follow God. And uh, now you have someone that's going to come and to help you. And it's going. he's fulfilling the promise that he made to David. 
that this person would come and to be the Savior. That's over in uh, Song 113. Song 113. Let's go over there and look at that promise. Song 113, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to get there as soon as my fingers get there. Song 113. No, that's not it. Oh, 132. You see, I'm glad I've got glasses on because I never read. Aren't you glad I'm not perfect? I, I, I thank God that He takes me even though I'm not perfect. Hallelujah. Psalm 132, verse 10 and 11. For your servant... David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body from the seed of David. He said, I have promised David that I have made to him, and I am fulfilling that promise now. That's what Paul is trying to tell them what God promised David he is bringing to pass. you got to remember now, whenever God promises something, he always brings it to pass. He always fulfills his promise. He never fails to do that. So, he said, now, listen, God is raising up a Savior for Israel. What is a Savior? Well, uh, a deliverer. Uh, a preserver, a rescuer. Tell me that they didn't need somebody to come and rescue them and deliver them from the oppression that they were might be under right now under the Roman government. Yes, they needed something to deliver them, to set them free. Even though you may be living in the world, you don't have to be oppressed by the world. So they were coming to set people free from within to know that they can be free totally and not have to worry about, am I going to make it? So, Jesus was the one that came to be set free, to set them free. Hallelujah. That's from in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she, being Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. That's the bondage that people are in. It's not the physical bondage that God is concerned about as much as your internal bondage that you are to sin and to what's going on in your life personally. So he wants you to be set free. When you're set free from the sin, then what's on the outside Hey, I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. You can't you can't hurt me. You can't control my life. I'm free. No matter what you try to do. So they needed to receive. Receive. You know, you can be hearing about Jesus and you can be going to church, but you may not have received Jesus in your life. So what does that word mean? It means toward being close to something. Mm. In other words, close to something, it, it means to receive with a welcoming attitude. 
I just thought about that, how Jesus received me with a welcoming attitude even in the condition I was in. You see, it's not what you're in as fuck as what he, how much he loves you. And he was willing to receive me. And that's what God wants us to do with him. Receive Jesus into our lives. So who is this Jesus that they would know? They would know this Jesus because of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied about this Jesus. You see, he's taking what they, what they know and bringing them into what they need in their lives. So let's go over to Isaiah chapter 11 and see what they know. Uh, they've been taught a lot. I'm told their parents taught them. They just sat and talked and talked and talked about what's all in the Old Testament, what's happening in the prophets, what's going on. And So here in, in Isaiah 11, starting with verse 1, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So here he's saying that this one that was prophesied by Isaiah the rod out of the stock of Jesse bringing forth the fruits that they need to function as a nation under the direction of God. He's here. He's finally arrived. He's, he's, he's here now. You don't have to wait any longer. He's finally come. Now, who is this Jesus? Well, he goes over and tells them in verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So here we have a sevenfold, sevenfold personality, so to speak, a sevenfold ministry of Jesus upon his life. Now, what is seven? I say I, I look at seven, and it means perfection and completion. So there's nobody else who's more perfect than Jesus to fulfill what they need as a nation and as an individual. So we're going to look at that, what they would know. Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, rest because of their enemies and opposition. Rest upon Him. Resting upon Him is the Spirit of God that's going to set them free. Now, what does this rest mean? To settle down? <laughs> uh, does anybody need to settle down today? <laughs> yeah. You turn on the news, you'll find out. To be quieted. To become secure. To dwell peacefully. See, in the midst of all the stuff that they were going through, and, and trying to be persecuted and the Roman government controlling that and, and Christians being killed and, and all of this stuff that's going on, the Spirit of God was resting upon Jesus to set them free. Oh, that's number one. Number two, we have the Spirit of Wisdom. Oh, uh, what is wisdom? Skills for learning, live, uh, skills for living correctly. <laughs> well, I already know how to do that. I mean, I got education and I can make the right decisions. 
Well, you may not know the plan that, that's going to happen for next week, but God does. So you need wisdom in making decisions. This wisdom unites God with daily life to put into practice right living. This wisdom that God has for us unites with Him that we can put into practice what He has for our lives to live in a right relationship with Him. Boy, God supplies everything, doesn't He? Yes, He does. He never fails. So that's two things here. The Spirit of God is resting upon Him. He has the spirit of wisdom. Also has the spirit of understanding. Let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. It says, get wisdom. We just talked about that, didn't we? Also it says, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you. Talking about wisdom and understanding. Love her, and she will keep you. In other words, brings protection into your life. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. See, you need to have both. It's like Siamese, well, it's like identical twins. Wisdom and understanding go together. You get one, you must have the other. You can't function with one of them. You must have both of them to function, to get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor. And when you embrace her, she will place on your head an ornament of, of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Praise the Lord. Jesus came to put upon his people the wisdom and knowledge, the wisdom and understanding that they need to be able to function in this world and have a right relationship with their Heavenly Father. That's what he's trying to get them to receive. So what's next? Well, we have the, uh, we have the spirit of counsel. Counsel? Uh, what do I need to counsel for? Do you remember back in uh, John chapter 14? John chapter 14, verse uh, 16. What Jesus said, he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper or another what? Comforter. Or another word for that is counselor, that he may abide with you forever. He's saying the Holy Spirit will come in and be able to help you and counsel you into what you need to do. I remember one time that I thought, remember, I thought that God wanted me to start a church in a particular town. And I, I mean, because it was men were excited about Jesus. And I thought, man, this would be an opportunity. So I went to a Bible teacher that I was sitting under to learn from her. And I went to, to ask her 
to pray for me and to see whether or not I should start this church. What happened to be at that time another man sitting in her office, and he was listening to me saying, I believe Jesus uh, wants me to start a church in this town and everything, and all, and he spoke up and said no. He'd never seen me before, but see, he was in the position to give me counsel from God that I needed to not start that church. Now, later on, the church was started, but God didn't want me to start it. You see, we need to have counsel. We may think that God's directing us, but we need to go to someone to bring counsel into our life to show us if this is God or not God. So that's what Jesus was bringing to his people. Listen, you need to have someone come and help you to grow, to help you to understand what God wants into your life, and that person can counsel you, and that person is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Well, next thing. There's a spirit of might. Yeah, uh, we're going to fight for sure now. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about battling with the enemy. We don't battle with this flesh and blood. We're against uh, principalities and powers, the evil darkness and all this. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, let's get there. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be very strong, meaning a person with great capabilities. Do you know of anyone who is more powerful than God? Hmm. No, I can't think of That's right. So you need the capabilities, the might, the power of God to be able to face anything that you're going to come up against. And that's what Jesus came to bring the people. They were going to face things in their lives as we do that's going to attack us and try to destroy our lives and we need the might of God. We need Jesus in us. Hallelujah. Well, what's next? There is the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge. You notice that the, all these are spirit. <laughs> it didn't say... Uh, uh, you have the, the wisdom and, and you need the understanding and you have counsel and might and knowledge, but it's the spirit of, the spirit of. It's the spirit, the Holy Spirit brings these into your life that you need. The spirit of knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowing. What do you mean by that, Frank? Well, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. I say it like this, my knower knows. When God called me to go to Oral Roberts University, I had no doubt about it. I didn't try to figure it out. I didn't try to plan it out. I didn't try to figure out where the money was coming from, how I was getting there, what was going to happen when I get there. I just knew, I knew, I knew, because I had the, the spirit of knowledge in me that was telling me, Go. That's all he told Abraham. <laughs> Go. 
It gives you discernment as to what needs to take place. So, we have the spirit of knowledge. Now, in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, you know this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, if we don't have that knowledge in our life, that spirit of knowledge in our life, that Holy Spirit that we need, then we're going to end up being destroyed in some way. And who's going to do that? Well, I know of a great destroyer. His name is the devil. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need the spirit of knowledge in us so that we won't be destroyed. You see, all of these, as I said, they are the spirit of, capital S. The Holy Spirit is all of these qualities that can reside in us. That's the reason we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Now, also, it's the spirit of fear of the Lord. Oh, what's God going to do to me next? <laughs> well, you know, in a sense, I've looked up, I studied the fear of the Lord for 14 years, and that is part of it, the dread of God. And, and when you might be judged if you don't have Jesus. But the most important thing is that I respect Him, I honor Him, and I reverence Him. And I come before Him and acknowledge Him, just like this morning. I was thanking Him over all these years. Father, I thank You. I honor You and respect You that You've kept me in good health. It's just amazing what He's done. I, I can't believe it. been in the hospital once. And that's because I made a mistake and he showed me where I made a mistake and ended up with pneumonia in the hospital. He, he said, Frank, uh, you may be serving me. It came out of Deuteronomy chapter 26, 28, verse 46. You may be serving me, but you're not serving me with gladness and joy of heart. <laughs> in other words, you're just going through the motions. You're just doing it out of a sense of uh, this is what you're supposed to do. No, you come and serve the Lord with everything that you are because you love Him and you want to please Him and you want to honor Him, you want to respect Him, you want to reverence Him in everything you do. So, Jesus said to the people and to us, through Paul, you've got to have Jesus because He has the spirit of the fear of the Lord that is upon Him. And you need that in your life. Hallelujah. So, my question is, did they receive what Paul, did they receive what Paul was telling them? Tune in next week. <laughs> that will be dealt with. Did they receive? But the main question is, have you received? Remember what the word receive is. It means to be drawn close to. Have you received drawn, being drawn close to Jesus, whereby He is not a part of your life, but He is your life? In other words, can you confess like Paul the Apostle when he said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I who lives, 
but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul the Apostle knew that. It wasn't him who was living. It was Jesus living in him. Have you received that? Is he your life? Or are you trying to mix the two together? Won't work. Get rid of self. Die, as Paul the Apostle said, I die daily. Now I live for you today, Jesus. You live in and through me. Won't you do that today? Won't you receive Jesus in his fullness and give up? I mean, yeah, give up. Surrender. I mean, yeah. Surrender to him. Uh, good old Methodist hymn. I surrender what? All. Do that today and you'll be blessed abundantly. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. He gave his only son who became the sacrifice for everyone. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. To every generation, He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. As I watch the world around me, I can see His mighty hand delivering the 